I'm back. Oh, yeah. We made it. I'm Drew here with my sister, Ashley. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. And best friend, Derek. And we just returned from November 2nd, 1984, the past. Ashley, what were we doing there? Well, each week we travel back in time to the best year ever to watch whatever movie just hit theaters. And maybe prevent something really terrible from happening in the future. So yeah, awful. <laughs> because we have the power to travel back in time, we had the opportunity um, and we were inspired by the movie to stop something apocalyptic from happening. So we considered, you know, maybe preventing like the rise of social media, which is kind of like taking over social life. We thought about maybe stopping Elon Musk and all his crazy uh, harebrained ideas in its tracks. But instead, <laughs> uh. we figured the most important thing we could do to save society was to prevent two and a half men from ever being made. <laughs> so <laughs> we um, don't judge us. Yeah. I, I don't want to say exactly what we'd had to do to Charlie Sheen. Uh, to prevent that from happening. Um, we didn't terminate him, right? Right. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> right. We did not. <laughs> were there were there any consequences to our actions, though? Aside no. from the ones we wanted? Uh, none at all, actually. So. Well, maybe you haven't done your rounds yet, but actually there was a consequence. So we are going to have to put an ad out for a new janitor for the new release wax museum. <laughs> He's nowhere to be found. So whatever we whatever we said to him or whatever Derek said to him when he disappeared with him uh, for a minute uh, prevented him from uh, being in our current present. So that oh. was weird. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough about those shenanigans. Uh, let's listen to what we saw. The arrival. The target. The pursuit. The confrontation. The Terminator. Arnold Schwarzenegger is the Terminator. Rated R. <laughs> the number one movie in the USA Ooh. is now playing everywhere. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah. Well, we didn't see it last week. So for some reason, we saw Body Double, but mm. <laughs> <laughs> now we are so, seeing the number one movie. So um, as you guessed it, clearly we watched The Terminator, um, rated R for strong sci-fi violence, language, and brief sexual content. Not that brief. Um, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just right. Just the right of, of time for sexual conduct. Um, if you're looking at the poster... Bigger than the word Terminator, which doesn't even have the on it, which is something I keep reminding myself that it's the Terminator, not just Terminator. Mm -hmm. Word um, Schwarzenegger is bigger, redder, and bolder <laughs> than Terminator, <laughs> which is kind of um, embossed across his 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 metallic-looking chest. He's holding a gun, and in the reflection of his sunglasses. You can see like some kind of um, computer language, CSM 101. I guess that's his, that's a model number um, mm -hmm. for the make of his cybernetic uh, humanoid person. So <laughs> um, anyway, that was um, 
some movie. Ashley, can you sum it up for us in 15 seconds? Yeah. Derek, you ready? Yep. All right, go. Um, okay. A soldier sent back in time to stop a cyborg from killing society's only hope at survival, which is this woman by the name of Sarah Connor, um, whose son is the only way to save mankind from ultimate destruction. Yes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I survived. I was pausing for the blasts. <laughs> yeah, like, you wait for it. <laughs> it's we're, we're. I'm sure we're gonna get into the plot plenty more. Um, oh, one we? of the only issues with this movie, if you want to call it an issue, if you can't like suspend your disbelief long enough to listen to a podcast about time travel or a movie. Uh, or to watch a movie about time travel. If you think too much about the plot mechanics, you'll either um, be like perplexed in a good way, or you'll be annoyed at how like there's a million different things they could have done to stop <laughs> the future, other than sending like two competing people back from the battle it out. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we find out in the second one that they were, like, sending a series of people. So it was just, like, maybe not the most efficient way. Maybe it would have ramifications that we don't fully understand. Mm -hmm. um, but good job summing up the plot. Thank you. This is one of the more iconic movies we've watched, for sure. Um, I doubt there's very many people listening who haven't already seen it, unlike um, some of the other movies we've watched. Ashley... It seemed, um, though, that your response to this movie was pretty fresh. So what was your backstory with this? I don't really remember it that much because I didn't remember the plot. I didn't remember if Arnold was good or bad, mm -hmm. which I guess changes in the second movie anyway. But um, I didn't remember a lot of it at all. I do remember his, like, cool robot body, like, walking around. And I don't really remember him being, like, completely naked at the beginning <laughs> at all. Yeah. I guess because I was a child watching it and yeah. I didn't really appreciate it, but now I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's for me, um, the most distinct memory I have of this movie, and maybe you weren't even a part of this memory, but we'll see, was we were having like, when we were growing up, we used to have all these uh, thunderstorms and the power would go out on a regular basis, so regular that our parents eventually ended up getting a generator but not when not when we were growing up so one night the power went out and i can't remember if we were already watching this on tv or not but we had this little black and white battery powered tv so we watched the broadcast of it you know like with commercials and what on whatever channel it was airing on on like a five inch black and white tv <laughs> and do you remember this at all ashley no mm -mm. yeah i mean the movie is, it, I almost like see the movie as a black and white movie because that was such a distinct memory. And it's like this cold metallic, like uh, even when it's set in the future, it might as well be black and white and blue. But when it's set in the present day, Arnold's look, I mean, it was almost accentuated by uh, being in black and white. So mm -hmm. I could totally see them doing like one of those new treatments of like releasing it in super high contrast, black and white. But that was a vivid memory for me. And I think either the age I was at, um, whenever it would have been airing on cable, and that could have been at any number of, of points, probably in the early 90s. Um, it definitely stuck with me as a scary <laughs> experience. <laughs> like maybe the lightning was crashing outside 
um, and it was dark in our house and, you know, um, the, the sounds were coming out of this like metallic tin little <laughs> box, but it was very effective in that format. Uh, Derek, what about you? So I, I don't remember the first time I saw it. it I, it must've been T2 first or something <laughs> like that, because that's what I have ingrained in my memory. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is kind of a T1 slash T2 story, but there was a restaurant called Planet Hollywood in Arizona that you would go to and they just had a bunch of relics from famous movie sets. And one of them was a life-sized Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator um, mannequin with, with, the, <laughs> with the legit leather, with the legit leather boots, uh, his right eye showing, you know, uh, underneath his skin. So mm-hmm. that's, that was the most vivid memory, but I've, I've seen the films several times i mean that speaks to like how much of a pop culture phenomenon this movie was his you know we're going to talk about (laughs) some of the iconic lines to come out of the movie it was just it was quotable and instantly memorable and catapulted his career we talked about conan um conan uh months ago which came out earlier and definitely got him some notoriety but it wasn't like heralded as a good movie. Like this was a good movie. He had a total of like, uh, I don't know if this is a trivia, Ashley, but do you know how many lines he had in the movie? I do. It is part of the, I have like two over unders and that's one of them. But if you already know, then you can say it. 65 ish words. 35. Well, I have having lines. So I have, he has um, 14 lines. Right. I, I saw, I might've seen 11 or 14, but I think it's a total of like 60 words that he utters. Um, so he didn't have to speak a lot, but his physicality <laughs> spoke <laughs> volumes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And Derek, also to your point on T2 and, and T1 and kind of uh, blending them together, once we got back from our time traveling adventure, we both watched T2. And it, it occurred to me that a lot of like my memories were also kind of... Uh, conflated and, and and mixed up between the two yeah there's very distinct like mental images i have of the the like finger dagger metal thing going into into people's heads <laughs> and stuff and that's all from from t2 um so it's they both have their iconic moments and you know it's really interesting watching them this how well they hold up this this long uh later so let's get into the highs and lows for the movie first i just wanted to set the set the tone with a little bit of background from the opening title sequence So iconic score, instantly recognizable, not like the same type of theme as something like Halloween or Exorcist, like, <laughs> but it's like the swelling synthy music, um, more lush uh, and just, I love any movie from this time period, basically, that starts off with the title sequence. 
<laughs> and like just yeah. really immerses you in like a, a mood rather than like throwing you into the action. But once the movie does throw you into the action, Ashley, you alluded to this. Why don't you describe how the movie starts? <laughs> <laughs> well, Arnold's beautiful, humongous body appears in a ball naked and he beats the shit out of three people, including Bill Paxton. Yeah. Well, like before, yeah, he takes a few minutes getting over to like, he needs clothes. Um, so he finds these, these street punks too. And which leads to him wearing a pretty funny outfit of like, yeah. um, this, this punk, um, leather jacket. And I don't know how any of that fit him, but uh. yeah, well, the guy was like tallish, I guess. Um, <laughs> the second movie starts, starts the same way. Go figure. Um, but just, the way they immediately introduce the the physique of Arnold. I mean, obviously he's naked um, because that's how we time travel. That's how everyone time travels. Um, but <laughs> awkward. <laughs> but we pack like separate clothes because we know we're doing it. Like I guess he knew, but he didn't care. He's a yeah. Terminator. Yeah. So. Right. Um, but it it's hard to imagine. Well, so they do back to back nude arrivals and the other guy who is um sent back to stop him is also nude and also like ripped but like just the sheer size of arnold sets him up perfectly from the beginning is like this unstoppable badass Mm -hmm. and Um, arnold originally was auditioned for the other part for reese for the humanoid well and who was supposed to play arnold well, a lo- there's a well. I read like five or six different people. One is very funny. Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> O.J. Simpson. Oh yeah, well I have that too as a yeah. I was holding I mean, on to that gym, but yeah. It, it's funny because the reason that they didn't want to go with O.J. was because he had too much of a nice guy image. He was too innocent to become to be a killer. It's what they were right. To oh man, yeah. the irony. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, so he, um, so Arnold had to sit down with James Cameron, and James Cameron was trying to con- convince him. To not, he's like, I, he's like, I don't see you for this part of Reese because he's like the smaller, like more sensitive type. He's like, and you're such a big presence. And so he's like, we're going to make the Terminator seem like more of like a good guy or not a good guy, but the movie's going to be like about the Terminator essentially. Right. So you kind of root for him a little bit because I kind of rooted for him. It's, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't help but think about like slasher movies when watching this. And Michael Myers is an analog to the Terminator in the sense that he's just this like, cool cold methodical um killer and it's he's not like that's you can't root for him or you have less to root for in halloween in terms of i like well, i guess you're rooting for um jamie lee curtis's character like michael myers just doesn't really give you any like persona to to latch on to and in slasher movies you're always kind of rooting for kills to happen to nondescript you know characters that you don't mm-hmm. like but in this movie, it's really well balanced because you are, I mean, you're rooting for the the good guys as well. You're rooting for humankind to not be demolished. Um, yeah. Taken over by Skynet. So mm-hmm. I get that. I get that perspective that he was so um, not charismatic in a traditional sense, but you are kind of like rooting for both sides, which, which helps. It gives equal screen time as well mm-hmm. to both sides. The, beginning of the movie is kind of interesting how it's constructed i mean it's like a chase scene with uh the reese character uh, being chased by the cops and then once he gets away from that they're being chased by the terminator 
<laughs> and it's just kind of like these alternating missions that are going on, but they have the same target, which is Sarah Connor, because mm-hmm. one's trying to save her and one, well, not just save her, but do other stuff with her. Um, yep. <laughs> and the other is trying to kill her. Um, what, man, I mean, did you find this movie is more to be more of like a horror movie or an action movie, Ashley? Uh, more of an action, but like you said, it was kind of set up like a horror with having like the unstoppable killer and like the final girl and he kills yeah. all of her friends. Like the whole setup was very horror centric, but for me it was more action. Like I wasn't scared, but I think as a kid, I'd be scared if I remembered it well. Right. There's a couple things that, that jumped out at me is like that signal it as an action movie when actually I think it's more structured like a horror instead of him having a signature uh, weapon and creative kills. I mean, he has signature, he has guns. He just shoots everyone. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of kills um, mm-hmm. by gun gunfire in this Ooh, movie. Oh, wait, kill count? Oh, um, whoo. Okay, let's, I'll say 32. killing my ears <laughs> uh what do you think derek kill counts oh man mm-hmm. uh, i don't think it's that high I, I think it's probably 20 24 that's pretty high well considering when he goes into the police officer um and kills 30 oh. people just oh well, they say there's he 30 actually, of and they actually here. yeah and there actually are 30 people killed in that scene or in that <laughs> right. um, I forgot about that but kill. only but only a total of 42 <laughs> Oh, okay, so I was 10 that include that includes the Terminator himself and then two of the German shepherds from the flashback. Okay, oh. you didn't need to mention that, but well, Aww. he's a dog killer, so just yeah, just like the Toxic Avenger, or not the Toxic Avenger, just like in the Toxic Avenger. Yeah, um, <laughs> but it's rather than focusing all the energy and like creativity into creative uh, kills in this movie, it's on action it's on chase sequences and explosions um so i think that's where it, it perfectly blends the two genres like rather than just uh staging these elaborate kills it gives you like more uh extended bang for your buck because you're watching like <laughs> these really cool car chase scenes and um I was I was uh, surprised to learn how they filmed some of it. Did you read any of that, Ashley? Yeah, they use a lot of miniatures. Is that what you're gonna get at? Mm-hmm. That's what um, I was thinking. Yeah. So even for so for that like famous like tank uh, tanker truck explosion, like the mm-hmm. bu- like the humongous explosion, they used 42 separate explosions in a model truck that was only a foot and a half high and eight feet long. Yeah. <laughs> Which is one way to some, cut down budget. That's pretty cool. <laughs> well, I saw some behind the scenes footage of it today, and yeah, it's so cute. Like and them playing with the the, the model truck, and yeah, it's all it's almost all practical effects. Like this is the mm-hmm. dude you mentioned, James Cameron, um, director of um, of Titanic, Cyrus Plank in there, and <laughs> Avatar, and Aliens, and some like uh, Rambo. I mean, <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, but like he he would go on to embrace technology to make something like avatar uh, embrace digital effects but at this point you know he was doing on a six and a half million dollar budget uh which was like nothing for this scope of movie 
uh, he was employing every trick that he could stop motion animation for the scenes where the Terminator, once he loses his skin and it's the, the skeletal uh, machine, mm-hmm. which is the, the really like creepy, like almost like a zombie like part of the movie. Um, so, and throughout the movie, Arnold is kind of transitioning from being looking more human to having his eyebrows burned off, having his face like intentionally, they did some different things to his makeup and his face to make him look less human throughout, right? Yeah, well, that was like the scene with his eye like coming out. It didn't really look like his face that much, you notice. If you notice, it didn't really look like Arnold. Um, but that was like, it took them six months to build that head. Mm-hmm. They didn't want it to. I mean, at least that's what I read. Like they wanted yeah. it to create a disturbing, like he's not human. <laughs> right. The face is not supposed to be perfect. Um, it's It's supposed to be like, this is an early model of mm-hmm. you know what would what would come later and obviously they had to work with the constraints yeah and <laughs> he the, even of the time he even said that he went to a diner he, he forgot he had all that like makeup on and like his face like his cheek exposed like his <laughs> eye coming out and he like, went to a diner to get like some food and he just didn't realize like everyone was staring at him he's like oh yeah, like, yeah it makes sense <laughs> as if he's already not like humongous uh, and... <laughs> yeah hard to hard to miss going it going anywhere um what about uh the hardcore violence and and graphic like um gore in this movie is this the most hard r movie we've seen ashley no we watched that oh uh, actually i thought toxic avenger was pretty graphic i it it, i guess but like in a different way yeah, it was so over. I guess we talked about that during that podcast. It was so over yeah. the top the whole way through. Once you run over a kid's head with your your car tire and see right. it smash, you're kind of desensitized Jesus. to violence. This yeah. movie slowly ramps up to it to where, like, when he's digging into his arm, that's true. But yeah. he's a cyborg, so it's like dig into your arm, but he's not hurting anybody, including himself. Well, he's hurting everyone else he encounters, but yeah. Right, but in that scene you don't connect to them because you're like oh it's just a (laughs) fake arm um but no i think i would have to say this is probably the goriest movie we've watched i I just i mean i felt like it was the right amount of uh, it it was an intense like r-rated movie watching it as a kid probably too much um but watching it as an adult just the right amount of of violence (laughs) um and it had a a romantic sex scene do you want to describe that no. <laughs> um, well, the only reason I bring it up, um, this aside from wanting to, to talk about the like hand clenching climax, um, is that it was crucial to the plot. So some people might see the the turn that uh, we haven't even talked about. Sarah Connor, played by Linda Hamilton, her character goes, "Yeah, she's." <laughs> She's a full-on badass in yep. the second one. And a great and actor. Do what? And a great actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, she's she's a great actor in this one, but she's her character hasn't turned into a badass yet. She's like specifically um, clueless to everything that's that's going on, um, and so it seems a little sudden when she like goes. It starts to hook up with uh, my with Reese, but it is like the whole point of the movie is that this is how uh spoiler alert john connor is born and he would go on to be the savior of the of humankind and then 
send his own father back in time to impregnate his mother so that he could be alive. There's got to right? be a better way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you should have heard us try to dissect the body double last week. Um, <laughs> oh, well, and I do have to say, so out of that, like love making scene, whatever, it's fine. It's great, whatever. But <laughs> afterwards, what I don't like about the only thing I don't like about this movie, because I thought mm-hmm. the movie is incredible, is that she calls him Reese the entire movie. And then after they have sex, she calls him his first name the rest of the movie. Did you notice that? No, interesting. Which is what, Thomas? Kyle. Kyle, okay. Because then she was like, Kyle, Michael. Kyle. And I was like, I thought his name was Reese. But I was like, oh, now you guys have sex. I guess you're closer. She called him Reese. I just thought that was so stupid. But yeah, that's that like was the pro- only very nitpicky, like, glow <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> that was probably like a not, obviously not so subtle, like little screenwriter device to make it, yeah. you know, subtle, yeah. They're have closer. their relationship change without saying it but yeah that's that's pretty on the mm-hmm. nose yeah. but i did notice it so um i thought that the movie was like just as a um time capsule for 84 pretty fun uh the whole initial setup is that once he arrives in los angeles january 1984 um he goes straight to a phone book as one does <laughs> at that time and looks up Sarah Connor in the phone book. And so just the fact that that's how someone would, would locate someone was a nice little uh, throwback and it creates this interesting um, bit of tension where there's two Sarah Connors above her in the phone book. Right. And yeah. she's mm-hmm. the, and she's the third one. So Two people, unfortunately, <laughs> get murdered before her, um, before he gets to her. And then, um, it, including, you know, there's lots of people who are innocent bystanders who get murdered along the way. Her her roommate, who's like always just has her, her walk on and is dancing around the apartment. <laughs> um, yep. When you, you know things are about to go poorly, when they're like, doing a um getting ready to hit the club montage um and getting getting their their 80s hair all done up (laughs) and um listening to music and you know that's kind of just like (laughs) the last the last fun moment that they have Um, (laughs) one thing i'm not sure if this was a common trend in the 80s or you know timeless was the fact that she had a pet iguana (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't sure about that. <laughs> yeah, like like cool. replace the dog or a cat that mm-hmm. someone would have with an iguana. Interesting. Yeah, I liked it actually. I thought that was cool. That, that was Sarah different. Connor's iguana, right? Because mm-hmm, her roommate was grossed out by it. She doesn't go back for it though. No, she didn't care about that much. Yeah. Well, she's got like, yeah, a baby on the way and other. <laughs> Not yet. An un. Yeah. Other an bigger things to to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't um. Why don't you just, since this is kind of the, the initial thing you mentioned, Ashley, why don't you just uh, describe like the whole action climax uh, towards the end of this movie? Okay. So it's actually the same, the same explosion or the same, I was trying to explain it, the same big, like 18 wheeler in the beginning of the movie. It's the same one that explodes him again. Mm. And so he comes out of the rubble. And you're like, oh no, or he's, you think he's dead. And they're like embracing each other. And they're just like, yay, like we finally killed Terminator, but he's a fucking robot. So you guys are idiots. And so he just like <laughs> emerges from the rubble. Yeah. 
and like everything's all the skin is melted off of his body and everything's gone and he's just a cyborg body and it's fucking awesome yeah it is it's like and then there's probably only like 20 15 minutes or so left in the movie at that point and the fact mm-hmm. that they like withheld this he could go through this whole physical transformation i mean he's like not transforming he's just his sheds his skin and mm-hmm. now like the machine that you could always tell that he was by his actions is now you know visualized it's really disturbing um, yeah like the movie but the movie wouldn't have been nearly as effective if he started like that like the mm-hmm. fact that he goes from the human skin to this like oh okay this is the cold you know robotic monster that was underneath the whole time now i can see like what they were really fighting um and then they go into this like industrial factory or something and he's like slowly um uh, like limping towards them it's very that's another thing that really harkened back to slasher movies is like the killer isn't moving fast he's like mm-hmm. it makes a little bit of sense in this one because the, the he's damaged um but even before he's damaged he always just moves slow and methodically not like but he always gets there right in the wait right yeah. when he needs to somehow yeah. So. Well, I mean, he's good at like operating vehicles and driving fast and, and you know, he doesn't need to sleep um, yeah. <laughs> or take any breaks, but it's just, it's just scarier that way. Like in the second one, the Terminator, there's some famous scenes where he like runs fast enough to catch up, to catch up to them in the car. And that's all good and well, but like, it's the old trope of zombies that slow zombies are scarier than than fast zombies there's just something like more disturbing about it that way you see you see the movements more up close um anyway kyle reese blows himself up with a pipe bomb right (laughs) yep (laughs) (laughs) he manages to blow the terminator in in half and that's so that's the second time at least that we think the terminator is is done for or do we um with with the characters definitely do um sarah connor's character and so what happens after he's blown in half (laughs) i mean again he's a robot so he's not dead (laughs) um so he's crawling after sarah connor and then she crushes him in a i don't even know what's that what is that called it's like a metal it's like a I don't know. It's like a compactor, some kind yeah. of industrial compactor. It's like a random. Device. It feels like it's in a random spot in the facility, but I'll ignore that. I, I think we have some cool. sound effects on that that we recorded live. You're a terminated fucker. And his hands like reaching out to her, trying to kill her, and then he just gets crushed. Yeah, I I um I had to I had to reference this trope because I thought it was some it was something I didn't think of at the time called death by irony. Um, the irony being that the Terminator is destroyed by an unstoppable, remorseless machine. <laughs> so, <laughs> like I thought that was pretty that was pretty clever. Like the 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 only thing that could stop. The Terminator is kind of something that's even less um, advanced yeah. like, <laughs> and calculated than him. Like he at least has a mission. This thing is just like completely. It's just there to crush. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and crush it does. Um, 
after that, there's sort of an epilogue. Um, so she survives. Cal Reese does not. The Terminator maybe does, maybe doesn't. Um, we definitely are going to assume that, that like in true horror movie fashion, some part of him or his operating system does in fact get away. I think we see that at the end. But what I thought was cool was Sarah Connor's um, farewell where she's like driving south, I guess, maybe to Mexico. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, she's driving to Mexico because she talks to people in Spanish. Yep. Um, and there's a moment early in the film where we see Cal Reese is carrying around this picture of Sarah Connor um, so that he can identify the, uh, the woman that he needs to sleep with when he goes back in time. And save. And save. <laughs> yep. And um, we see this kid at a, um, a filling station or something taking that, that picture. So it's a nice little callback to like how everything was connected. And what, what finally clicked for me is that it seems like a rapid change in her character. She's shocked when she finds out that she um, turns into this like uh, fighter who trains the, her son to be the savior of humankind but like she has all this knowledge and every reason to believe where the future is going so like she spends the next x number of years i think it's like seven years uh preparing for that and dedicating her life accumulating weapons and stuff we find out in the sequel but like it actually clicked and made sense to me that okay if you knew that was happening that's all you would dedicate your life to Mm -hmm. so yep it's not actually that abrupt of a, of a shift. She's just like been through some crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> and the worst is yet to come. <laughs> <laughs> Was uh, there a character between uh, Arnold, uh, Linda, uh, Hamilton and, and Kyle Reese that you connected with Ashley? I thought they were all great. I don't, I don't have a favorite character. Yeah. They're all. Derek does. Who, yeah. What's your favorite character, Derek? <laughs> Sarah Connor. Yeah. Yeah, she was such, so granted, she didn't think that she was made out for this sort of future that she was blindly presented with, Mm -hmm. but then she started mending uh, Reese's wounds, started like having Mm -hmm. these like, um, like these, uh, oh fuck, what's the word? Anyway, these um, like mechanical reactions to things. Mm-hmm. based off of like military style tactics it was she was just a badass yeah she had like innate skills that she yeah that that were just ready to come out when she was when she was tested yep mm-hmm. yeah because um, he was like oh that was a good good job on that your first field dressing yeah like, oh, thanks i didn't <laughs> know sure. uh-huh. yeah <laughs> yeah i would say that that she's probably the most relatable character in the movie yeah. I don't know if that's saying a lot um Arnold's performance is everything it needed to be I mean it was uh no guarantee that he was going to be able to pull this off even though all, all you know 11 lines or whatever like <laughs> it's it 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 truly like proved that he was like a larger than life action figure so um Anyway, I think it's time for a quick break from our discussion of the Terminator while we tune our dials to NR84 for New Release Radio. 
This Whoa. is where we give you a taste of what was happening this week back in 1984. The song you just heard was Better Be Good to Me by Tina Turner, up seven spots to number nine on the Billboard Top 100 for the week of November 2nd. 1984. Ashley, what's happening in news and pop culture this week? Well, on an uplifting note, the first woman um, ever was executed. <laughs> what? The first woman on earth? Um, well, so she was a serial killer and they hadn't um, had the execution style yet in prison. So you just like stay in prison forever for like a lifetime sentence. Hmm. And so she, after, so after 1976, um, they reinstated capital punishment. So I think they, so she was like the first woman executed because she killed six people. Right. So. I, this is all sounding very familiar to me. I read this book about <laughs> women serial killers throughout history. Yeah. And like, I'm sure she, she came up and um, we might have even referenced this before on the podcast. I don't know why, this, <laughs> I don't know why the dates, the dates sound so familiar. Um, anyway, interesting. Yeah. That's going on. Murder. <laughs> Jeez. What about that box office? Yeah, well, the number one movie in America, The Terminator, with 4.2 million, up five percent from last week. So word of mouth is building. This movie is um, growing its audience week to week. It would go on to um, make like twenty times its budget or something crazy. So um, at number two, Places in the Heart. 2.5 2.5 million still not sure what that is and nope. <laughs> number three the movie you missed last week body double with uh, 2.4 million down sounds, a modest 16 percent. sounds like I, it's okay that i missed it <laughs> yeah. it was a great it was actually a, a great movie it was just a mind fuck to say the least mm, okay um, <laughs> maybe i'll watch it then before i listen dad, to the podcast my dad disagreed he was like it's so straightforward so we <laughs> yeah we don't we don't need to go into it now but no, i did no 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 we don't <laughs> i did research some some stuff and and i was probably overthinking it go figure yeah um, me too probably <laughs> <laughs> now for everyone's favorite segment on new release radio rank the blank pew 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 it's a moment of truth you're giving it all standing alone william defoe mm. nice <laughs> this is where we pick a topic inspired by this week's movie and rank our personal favorites. This week, our rank the blank is favorite catchphrase from a movie. Ashley, where should we start? You get to start. Okay. <laughs> E.T. on home. Oh, this is going to take a while. Okay. Wax on, wax off. There's no place like home. May the force be with you. Bond. James Bond. As if. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Show me the money. Clip. Oh, it's alive. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. Houston, we have a problem. Alrighty then. 
Say hello to my little friend. <laughs> Here's Johnny. My precious. I'm the king of the world. <laughs> You're going to need a bigger boat. yippee ki motherfucker. That was for Jamie. <laughs> um, I don't think that... I, I, yippee ki motherfucker. Yeah, you have to sound more well, tough. I, I, tried I just did it a little bit more southern than it should be. Good I job, guys. That was amazing. We did pretty good there. Um, yeah, not bad. In case you couldn't figure it out, those that was a quick montage of contenders for our favorite catchphrase from a movie. We didn't want any iconic ones to be left out, although I'm sure we missed a few. Left a lot out. <laughs> yeah. Now we're going to go into our personal choices. And to start us off, we'll use the one from the movie we just saw. I'll be back. Pretty iconic. <laughs> trivia, trivia alert. Well, it was supposed to. So there are a couple of different things that they were going to say instead of this. But one of them was just like, I'll come back, which is not nearly as good. Well, what I read was that Arnold um, was having trouble with pronoun 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 pronunciation. Wow, that was oh, not oh. intentional. That was definitely intentional. <laughs> it just glitched out. Um, well, the first uh, glitch Christ. wasn't intentional, and then I and I leaned into it. Um, he wanted to say, "I will be back," or he just I guess I'll he return con soon. Contractions. Um, <laughs> This, I'm not even sure that needs to be our choice. It has to be our choice from the movie, but yeah, the clip we heard earlier, you're terminated, fucker, um, mm -hmm. is a strong number two. So for the movie submission, we have Arnold's I'll Be Back. Um, and then Ashley, what's yours? So mine's from Poltergeist when Carol Ann realizes that they're coming. It still creeps me out. It just sets the whole stage for like her whole family being like, oh shit, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's perfect. Even the like high high frequency uh, sound before it, it comes the TV. in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, um, as much as I'd love to do my Daniel Day Lewis impression. <laughs> um, Not possible. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it. I'll leave it to the master. I drink your milkshake <laughs> I drink it up <laughs> so that's fine um, I do that all the time that's the one yeah well maybe all the time is a stretch but it's probably the one thing I quote or you know aside from my legendary Russian accent um, it's probably like the one actor accent I enjoy doing can Derek you can you cue me up with uh, my segment or my my clip with a Russian accent? <laughs> On command? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Woundock Saints. <laughs> Few seconds. This place was Armageddon. Uh, there was a firefight. Yeah, baby. Yeah, I want to fell. <laughs> That is William Defoe, right? Boondock Saints. That is just one of the lines that me and my buddies would recite throughout our late high school years. Since you ignored our advice and started with the, the wrong part, um, can you can you perform the line that is the catchphrase? Uh, yeah, I'll just do the the end part. <laughs> <laughs> 
that you wanted? No perform it. It was a firefight. <laughs> so we have lasers. <laughs> we have. I'll be back. They're here. I drink your milkshake. And there was a firefight. There was an awful fight. <laughs> it was a deadly fight. <laughs> um, Ashley, we usually like to start with the movie. So, man, this is this is really going to be a tough one. Should we establish some criteria? Like, if we're just going on memorability, yeah, is that a word? Um, iconicness, mm -hmm. the one that I mean, I'll be back is is far and away the most, the most iconic. Yeah, iconic. But we don't have to. We, this is personal. We can decide based on any any criteria we want. I will say one con for the Arnold one. It's really flat. I mean, it's <laughs> you. I, you can't find a great clip of it, and even in the movie, it's not that. It's it's surprising that it became as iconic as it did. I mean, he was he gave the right line reading apparently, um, because he is a a cyborg and he's meant to not have like he's definitely he's the polar opposite of Daniel Day Lewis. Um, but then again, it's just kind of like unremarkable, right? Yeah, it doesn't really stand out. So I'm, I'm also surprised that that was such a big iconic thing for people to say over yeah. and over again. I'm not but suggesting fact, we should put it last. Yeah, just, but the yeah. fact that he like says I'll be back and then he comes back and drives a car into the police station yep. and like wreaks havoc is pretty cool. <laughs> so well, I, I think the whole I'll be back really was coined in T2 where he's melting himself to protect Sarah and John. And he says, I'll be back. And then he just melts. So I don't think it's the first one that really coined that term to, or like, I don't, but this came out first. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I, reiterating I, I, it though, makes it more, makes it more common as a catchphrase. I think they, the yeah. second one was, was piggybacking off its mm -hmm. popularity, but yeah. the second one has arguably an even bigger catchphrase that came out of it. You all know that one? Hasta la vista. Baby, baby. Yeah. So that one, that's what everything about the second one is like more self-aware and, and kind of like dialing it up. Arnold's line delivery of that is way different than mm -hmm. the, the flat. I'll be back. True. Um, so anyway, that's maybe a, a slight case for it not uh, to be number one. But, you know, I'm not ruling that out. Ashley, where do you think uh, yours ranks? Um, I'd say it's weaker. I mean, I think it's strong for the movie itself, but I don't yeah. think a lot of people watch Poltergeist. So. I mean, okay, well, let's let's put my our people. Head I mean, like my friends. Yeah, we'll put, okay, that's fair. Milkshake versus Poltergeist. Although Daniel Day Lewis is an icon in his own right, um, I think mine's more popular than yours as a catchphrase. I would agree. Our, what, what, again, this has nothing to do with popularity. But it's a catchphrase, and catchphrases are popular. That's why they're a catchphrase, <laughs> Drew. So, yeah. I mean, it can have everything to do with popularity if that's what you want to make it about. <laughs> oh my gosh, I still think they're here is more is better than I drink your milkshake for okay. this ranking. Um, I think I drink your milkshake is more creative. <laughs> it's Agreed. So, Agreed. It's so it's so weird and and off the wall that like. <laughs> It, it, it's it's a little bit of a cheat because it's a whole monologue and mm -hmm. it's so like demonstrative and Daniel Day Lewis is doing everything. Daniel Day Lewis, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I I will. The only reason I will um, give mine a little bit of of a demerit is for its verbosity. Um, 
but I don't know. Well, where's Boondock Saints? Dead last? No way. I see. This is gonna be a tough. I don't have any feelings about that movie. I'm not gonna say I don't. Oh, like it, but... I love that movie. Right. I know and a lot that of seems do. like very. Uh, I think this is gonna be hard because they're all extremely different. Right. Agreed. Well, yeah. Arnold's so sure. gotta be number one. We'll just yeah, get that out of the way. I'll fine. be back. Um, okay. I was trying to make it. You know, I wasn't trying to argue against it. Just present right. another case. I. I mean, well, Derek, what do you think? What's number one? I'll be back. I'll be back. Okay, agreed. Um, I think it's Boondock Saints, then they're here, then Daniel Day Lewis. But the no. best the I I best... disagree too. <laughs> well, all right. What do you guys think? The best what? Sorry, we cut you off. Just the yeah. best uh catchphrases. I mean, based Daniel Day Lewis based is... on like it's a cool catchphrase based on it's something you would want to say like based on the context of the movie yeah so i guess it would be the watching i've watched all these films and that them impacting me so poltergeist yeah. scared the shit out of me i yeah. love terminator so that's why that's number one mm-hmm. poltergeist and then boondock saints was also within my friend group growing up and then this daniel day lewis line was something that i watched with you within the last year or two so mm-hmm. um it is i don't know the daniel day lewis one with uh what's his name paul dano yeah paul dano our boy yep uh trust me i want to give that third place at least but i can't it's- i actually agree with derek boondock two boondock no well did you say boondock two or three derek three oh. yeah i agree with that order Okay, so milkshake last. Yeah, I mean, again, it's this you is can't. this is a democracy. <laughs> sometimes Not a cheerocracy. Ooh, that should have been mine. <laughs> yeah, when when we looked at the lists of like so many quotes throughout history, I mean, if you're just talking about movie quotes, it's like do they have to be five words or less? Where do you draw the mm-hmm. line? Is it from a certain era? It was such an expansive topic to where, you know, I think, I think we have to go with kind of what pop culture has dictated and there will be blood is, is too new. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I was doing an audition tape for like my acting reel, um, I'd start with the accent, the Russian accent, obviously. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. I would do the the monologue from, from <laughs> there will be blood because you know Why imitating not? daniel day lewis is a good place to start your acting super career. easy yeah, yeah. um and just, then our our oh sorry go ahead derek i was just gonna say drew can we hear your uh your milkshake part again i drink your milkshake i drink it up that's pretty good but you got to do the you don't have to do that Actually, no don't do it it's gross um, yeah. He spits a lot during it. I just rewatched it the other day and today. Um, oh, Ashley, oh, but you, according. You, uh, oh, okay. go ahead. I was just going to say if you want to summarize and then we'll move on. Oh, I was just going to say with some Instagram poll. Yeah. Oh, right. I forgot. <clears throat> yeah. But it wasn't any of the four that we chose. So it didn't really <laughs> change anything. ET from home. But Yippie Kaye, motherfucker, was one mm. of them. Mm. Die again. hard. First and, then, and then, son, your ego is writing a check that your body can't cash. Was one? What's that from? I think that's Top Gun or a few oh. good men, or it's a Tom Cruise movie. Right, I, like. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. And then I've come here to chew bubble gum, and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubble gum. Yeah, that's. Is that Friday, Woody Harrelson? Oh, okay. That sounds mm-hmm. like something Woody Harrelson would say. 
<laughs> it's yeah it's in they live another great john carpenter movie uh, but it's also been said by uh it's been referenced in maybe evil dead or something as well oh i thought it was like major like major league like a baseball well like it might have also been oh with charlie sheen or is he even in that movie anymore <laughs> he's not in a movie <laughs> we have we might have screwed up the fabric of all movie history <laughs> all right well <laughs> carla Oop. <laughs> are we ready to move on yeah <laughs> it's almost time to sign off oh now, now i'm doing a day day it's almost time to sign off on new release radio for this week and give our final thoughts on the Terminator. but before we do let's listen to a hot new track debuting at number 38 on this week's <laughs> billboard it's top like four 100. different accents that was the wild boys by duran duran now back to our feature presentation So, Ashley, how were the reviews for The Terminator? Um, they were fucking amazing. <laughs> were they? So on Rotten, I was surprised. So Rotten Tomatoes, they have a hundred percent on the tomato yeah, at meter. The time, Fuck yeah. Oh, uh, all... yeah. Wait, really quick. Well, the ones for through, the critic oh. Before you go through these reviews, I don't think we've any of us have mentioned how much we absolutely fucking love this film. Good point. Oh yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> so, our, so our reviews, I would give it a hundred percent as well. I don't care. Everything was amazing. Yeah, I'll uh, give it ninety-seven just because of that one thing I mentioned earlier. So that's it. Yes. Sometimes we don't fully capture up front just our our raw reaction to this movie, and we were giddy throughout and just like on the edge of our seats, just just eating up the action. I mean. That's kind of what I was getting at with like it's combining two of my favorite things that you can a movie can possibly do and and it's better for it. It's not like a weaker, a diluted version of either. It's just like a super version of the two. Um, but actually, there weren't. I, I I don't know why I had it in my head that maybe this movie wasn't like loved right when it came out. I mean, I knew it it gained word of mouth and and became popular. I must be thinking of something else. Yeah, I know it was it's pop. It was popular. Um, but this is the part where I will do two true reviews by critics and then one lie review by myself. Not a lie because it's my review, so it's the truth. But we'll see if this you can pick out of, um, which one. True mm -hmm. lies. Also with Arnold. Mm -hmm. Go on. <laughs> okay, I'm thank so you. happy about true two true reviews in the line. Let's go. Two, 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 two reviews. Let's see. Okay. Let's see. Let's, let's see what you got. Okay. How about two views and a lie? Okay, sure. <laughs> we'll change it every week, whatever. Um, so as for our, as for Schwarzenegger, he nicely flushes out the convention of a soulless gun for hire. With his choppy hair, cryptic shades, and state of the state of the eighties leather ensemble, he looks like the Incredible Hulk gone punk. That's one. Interesting. Um, two. Linda Hamilton played a strong lead, but Arnold's bod stole the show. <laughs> Oh God! Mm, that's I definitely Ashley. I can't help it. Mm. Oh, sorry. 
it's hard to like overall a great 80s sci-fi treat thanks to james cameron's direction that's yeah okay and then the third one is a fantastic oh wait of, that was still part of the second one yeah okay and then the third one is a fantastic blend of horror action and sci-fi i, I guess over that it. one yeah um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, first one sounded like ebert um second one sounded like ashley <laughs> ashley ashley ebert yeah uh, ashley's uh, review for playgirl magazine and yep. then <laughs> the third one um, wait wait this this is this goes with ashley's comment by the way it's as satisfying to me as uh, coming is you know as uh, having sex with a woman and coming and so can you believe how much i am in heaven i'm like uh, getting the feeling of coming in the gym i'm getting the feeling of coming at home i'm getting the feeling of coming backstage when I pump up, when I pose out in front of 5,000 people, <laughs> I get the same feeling. So I'm coming day and night. Oh that is gosh. Arnold from Pumping Iron, which we, we played that clip um, way back when we did the, the Conan one. That we was have. my choice. For, so, no, I mean, it's good. It's a good, a good callback. Perfect. Sorry for calling you out, Ashley. But. No, that was great. I loved it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a great, I mean, he has a great voice when he's talking normal as well. Mm -hmm. And like, when he's when he's uh relaxed so yeah when he's coming so is there All any the dispute <laughs> over who wrote which true view oh no number two <laughs> is definitely ashley <laughs> yep okay i'll make it less funny next time i just can't it's just, <laughs> i'll figure i'll figure out a new thing for next week so it's it's more so i can trick you guys well, again because i haven't tricked you guys in a while it was nice of you to start with by shouting out linda hamilton you said her first right yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, girl power. And, and I Ebert's about the review was a little uh, weird, uh, weirdly detailed about his choppy hair and like... It wasn't Roger Ebert. I just lied. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, whoever that first one was, was kind of <laughs> caught in the minutia, but mm -hmm. overall agree. I guess, yeah, if there weren't any negative, I would be really curious to hear a, a negative review, but... Um, there, yeah, there weren't any. There weren't any, so... so. Yeah. This was, we haven't talked much about James Cameron. Um, the only, I wasn't sure when we mentioned it last week, but the only movie he really directed before this was Piranha 2, <laughs> so um, which was a, a super low budget B horror movie. So this was his, his debut and man, what an incredible, you know, start. And then he would make Aliens and um, another Titanic one of my faves. And, and while, movie. and while he was filming um, Piranha 2, he had like a fever dream where he's staying in his hotel and he's like super, he was like pretty sick. And that's where he had this like metal death figure coming out of fire vision. And that's what like helped for Terminator to create Terminator. Hmm. Oh, so we didn't steal it from the Twilight Zone story of the soldier. Yeah. So there's that about the fever dream. And then there's also a conflicting thing about Twilight Zone. So I like to I pretend mean, it's just a fever dream. <laughs> no, it, it actually people history seems to side with uh, Cameron because he's not, he doesn't even have the most, a lot of people don't like his like arrogance and and like don't like him for various reasons but mm -hmm. they do seem to agree that the story shares some overlap in plot but you know it could have easily been conceived separately from the twilight zone story so um but that story does involve like two different um people soldiers sent back from the future to like uh rescue someone something like that so mm -hmm. there's some some parallels but anyway 
Um, what else we got? We have awards. Did this movie win any awards, Ashley? It won a lot of awards at the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Film. So it won for Best Science Fiction Film, Best Writing, Best Makeup, and then it was nominated. These are all Saturn Awards, and those nominated mm. for Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Director, and Best Music. Okay, That's what I'm so, talking about. So it was, yeah, killing it. It didn't um, win any mainstream no. Academy Award recognition. Yeah, Mm-mm. probably too hardcore. Yeah, probably. <laughs> On a scale of one. Wait, wait, my award. Oh, psh. <laughs> it's fine. Whatever. Ashley Alliteration Awards, please. Thank you. Thank you. Um, sort of alliterative, but we'll see. Um, so I have the Cyborg Security After Sarah Connor Award. Get it? Cyber Security? <laughs> Cyborg? It's not alliteration. Mm. It's just an award, okay? Um, okay. And then I have <laughs> Sarah Skilled at Surviving Award. Mm. <laughs> and then Angry Arnold Being an Asshole Award. So a couple follow-ups. One... <laughs> Was Sarah skilled at surviving or was the Terminator good at terminating everyone but her? (laughs) Yeah. So how about good at being the last girl or whatever the last? uh, Again, another like horror movie trope where like he's so efficient and and deadly with Mm -hmm. every other target or non-target or, you know, like anyone else that it comes in his path. And yet multiple times he has his literal red dot sights set on her yeah and he waits long enough for john connor to or not john connor for kyle reese to intervene or for her to move or you know i mean it's just <laughs> it would be ridiculous if it wasn't so much fun like the, a good uh, craftsman like cameron doing a lot of as much alliteration as i can um, <laughs> uses that to build suspense and it doesn't seem like if you're along for the ride, you're along for the ride and it's fine if they keep narrowly getting away by like mm-hmm. <laughs> the skin of their teeth. Um, I mean, like he grabs, punches through the windshield and grabs her by the, wait, is that in the second one? Um, grabs her by the the shirt and like only gets a hold of her shirt and just so many. Narrowly, yeah. Yeah. So many moments like that. Um, are we ready to move on? Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 84, how 80s is this movie based on things like, I don't know, iconic actors, music, wardrobe, um, its lasting pop culture impression. Yikes. So we have The Toxic Avenger at number one with 82 out of 84. Ghostbusters up there with this movie and iconicness at 80. And 16 Candles also kind of like from a different genre, obviously, but... John Hughes representing John Hughes in that whole um, uh, movement from the eighties. Whew! Do we have a new number one? We should yeah. need the computer, or should we just? I'm giving it an eighty-four. Eighty-four out of eighty-four. Yeah. I mean, like Derek, think about it. Oh, go ahead, reverse Derek. Reverse engineer your program to just work like backwards, so it starts at an eighty-four. And what would you dock this movie points for? Just give me a second. I'm slow at this. Because the music's amazing, robot, future, um, style, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Linda Hamilton. I mean, okay, I've got a result. Give me one sec. Phone book, that's like 20 points. (laughs) Yep. An 85, no explanation needed. Okay. Solid solid 85. 
85. It broke. It breaks the Damn. scale. Um, the only thing wait. I'll add. Oh, wait. It's that's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe your computer's gone sentient and, and just decided to give itself the highest score it can um, until we get out of the 80s. I, one of my like criteria on past films has just been kind of what I think of 80s movies as. And this one hits all the boxes mm -hmm. again. Yep. Like if, if I want Absolutely. it to be an 80s slasher movie, it's a perfect encapsulation of that. If I want it to be an 80s action movie, it's that. If I want it to be the <laughs> yep. ultimate, like, you know, uh, villain Arnold performance, mm -hmm. it's that. In the music, yeah. In the score, the lighting. Yeah. I mean, awesome. It's Lasers. The hair. God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The nightclub, yeah. like it's just all so it's yeah, it's great. Okay. We're, wow. This is a rare is, agreement. Is this mm -hmm. our first 84? Unanimous. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. I, wow. I I'm Woo! Congrats, Terminator. We need yeah, we need special music for this. Pew pew. I don't know. It was kind of like a robot with lasers. <laughs> <laughs> um the next question is going to be interesting because obviously we all recommend other people watch it. Mm -hmm. um, there's been sequels. There's been, I don't know whether to call them remakes, reboots, re, uh, there's been uh, TV series. There's been video games. There's been a million things. Um, we, maybe we can compare, like if anyone's thinking about watching any of the movies, actually, you know, should they just re if they haven't seen it for a while like you should they just go back and watch the first one first yeah definitely okay. mm -hmm. um and then as far as the ongoing terminator like canon i mean didn't one the most recent one came out like last year i think um which mm -hmm. which i saw and we were talking about to a, our friend oliver about it he just recently watched it and liked it it was um linda hamilton is back sort of like the new halloween movie it actually is like a good mix of uh, hearkening to the original and and updating it, it's nowhere near as as good or memorable. But um, should they stop making these movies? Should they let the term? Should they terminate the Terminator, Terminator franchise? Yeah, I think it's run its course. Well, I mean, you don't you're not you don't stand to gain anything financially from it, but <laughs> just right. Creatively. No, but I'm just like it doesn't. I think the first I I remember the first one and the second one they're awesome, and I don't really remember other ones after that so i mean what do you can imagine Eric? them getting better you're probably a better a bigger fan of the overall catalog yeah so i love the newer ones with um christian bale mm -hmm. there's controversy there i'll take the slack or the heat from it but i love every single terminator film that i've seen i didn't know christian bale was in it yeah or yeah, oh. yeah. yeah it is christian bale right yep I forget what character he is playing or who he's related to. Yeah, I forget. Memor too. Yeah, memorably huh. from that movie, that's when he had that like meltdown on set and that that like viral clip <laughs> of him yelling at the lighting guy. Oh, see, I remember that, but I didn't remember what the movie right. was for. The, the <laughs> newer movies are a real jumble. As much as we said that I had some of the uh, scenes mixed up from the first and second one, that's because I was like you know ten years old. Um, as I've watched the new ones as an adult, uh, I can't really, I couldn't explain one story line from the other, but I'm until this, until I saw this very last one, I was more with Ashley. Now I'm 
more with Derek in the sense that, yeah, it's not harming anyone. It's not taking away from the original. I mean, they, we just okay. watched it. So if they can do it in a entertaining way, I don't think any new ground is going to be broken. Um, but, you know, they've tried to recast the Terminator. They've tried to introduce new styles should definitely definitely watch the first one if you're gonna watch any of them watch the first one that one is by far like drew has mentioned closest to a horror story but also an action film if whichever way you want it to go it goes i mean would would y'all rather james cameron be making um 12 avatar sequels or making terminator movies Terminator. Yeah. yeah fair. So. <laughs> if the right person was involved, um, maybe get the Duffer brothers, uh, the creators of Stranger Things to do their yeah. Terminator. That'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be sick. Um, well, we have a sad announcement. Um, we oh, did oh. find Charlie Sheen <laughs> in the, uh, the Lax Museum. Um, well, remind our viewers why Charlie Sheen was in our Wax Museum to begin with. Honestly, I can't remember. I He's can't a piece either. of shit. Just kidding. <laughs> no, we just didn't. We just didn't like. We just him. don't like um, him. <laughs> what's, what's, so, what's, he, so he's our janitor. That's right. Th- that's the story. Yeah, yeah. We have a wax museum where we memorialize everything we see, and rather than memorializing him, we have him dusting and mopping and um, uh, flushing <laughs> the toilets for for patrons yeah. since they don't have to do it themselves. Um, it's fancy. But like we mentioned up front, we went back in time to stop him from making uh, one of the worst TV shows ever. And um, when we showed up to the Wax Museum to open it up, he wasn't he was nowhere to be found. But sure enough, he just came <laughs> strolling back in, still had nothing better to do than be the janitor, <laughs> no matter how hard we tried to alter the course of, of Charlie history and future. Here he is again. So yep. <laughs> he should get free lunch every day or something at least. No. Oh yeah. I'm sure we're paying him in um scraps. So <laughs> this is gonna be tough to to narrow down. What do we want to immortalize from the Terminator? Uh may so if we put it in our like horror um children of the corn maze section, mm-hmm. we could have him from that yeah. scene sitting on the chair talking in Linda Hamilton's or Sarah Connor's oh, mom's man. voice. Yep. And just have him like oh. talking as her as his mom as like a creepy or her mom as like a creepy add additive to the corn maze. I don't know if that's a good thing for the museum, but I'm glad you brought that scene up <laughs> because I forgot <laughs> to mention it. Terrifying. I, that was one of the scariest things I remembered as a kid. Like it's shot so that you hear the mom's side of the, you see, you see Sarah Connor in the hotel having the conversation and you hear her mom's voice. And then it cuts to like this, this, um, just demolished uh, on fire, uh, house with Arnold sitting in the chair, holding the phone. Uh. So he's imitating her mom's voice. And of course, very easily Sarah Connor gave up the location that she was at. So he's going to be able to track her down. That's just, that sounds like a lot of upkeep, Ashley. Um, but maybe he, you could, they could record your voice, and then he'd be saying like your voice as a part of like a. I mean, we don't just want like scene. the skeleton of the, the Terminator hanging out. Sure, we can have that. There's just like so many things I want. <laughs> well, if you want to, I mean, I, this movie is the most eighty-four movie yet. Obviously, we should have some kind of interactive display. So perfect. Yeah, I think we can. You can have a combo with Arnold. 
cool. Thanks. In yep. any of the characters' voices that he stole from. Yeah. Yeah. So you have like a little switchboard. So you have Sarah Connor's or Sarah Connor's mom. Sarah Connor. Right. You can even Bill Paxton. Daniel Day Lewis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Sure. You drank. How do you? How would you do that? I drink your milkshake. But like, get to the chopper. Get you oh, drink some milkshake. Oh, you there you go. Yeah. Milkshake. <laughs> drink some milkshake. Perfect. <laughs> I think that's. I think that's a perfect note to go out on for the Terminator. Next week, we have a movie that is sure to make you lose sleep at night. Uh. The kids of Elm Street don't know it yet. But something is coming to get them. There's something out there, isn't there? No one knows where it came from or who it will visit next. Nightmare on Elm Street. Help me, please! Wes Craven's Nightmare on Elm Street. Rated R. Starts Friday at a theater near you. Check your local listings. (laughs) It's going to be so scary. Oh, man. I I forgot how excited I was for the Terminator until we watched it, but I've known all year how excited <laughs> I, I am for a nightmare on Elm Street. What about y'all? I'm uh, really excited and scared because I I'll give you a backstory next week. But yeah. What's interesting, and this is when it came out. Um it came out, it didn't come out in October for Halloween. It came out in early November. So we'll be seeing it on its opening weekend. If you want to join us for that conversation and all future conversations and past adventures, you should search New Release 1984 on Spotify or Apple Podcast or anywhere else. That's a wrap. Boop.